This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Ever podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Ever podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, and joining me this week is the headliner himself, the main man and the utter star of the preview show. It is, of course, Dave Statman-Roberts. Dave, Merry Christmas, Happy Boxing Day, Merry New Year, whatever day of the week it is. Welcome back. Merry, happy everything, yes, and to all Merry. our listeners, uh, good, good to be back. It certainly does. Uh, how was your Christmas, Dave? Uh, quiet. I think it's been an unusual Christmas for uh, for most people under the uh, the circumstances and restrictions and whatever else. But I think we uh, everyone's made do and got by, and hopefully things will uh, improve into the new year. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's been a quiet Christmas for all of us this year. But I was very heartened to see so many posts and pictures from people who managed to have some sort of a break or create a new tradition or just spend some time with with family and friends and loved ones. So it feels like people managed to stick with the rules but managed to get themselves a good Christmas, which is good to hear. Um, We're, of course, to start looking ahead at the Christmas fixtures as they keep coming thick and fast because it is, of course, um, the next game for the Mighty Clarets. Dave and I are recording this immediately after the Leeds United game on the 27th of December which I'm going to refrain from talking about because quite frankly my blood is boiling I'm very angry and I'm likely to say some things I'm going to, I'm going to calm down and wait for the, the analysis show before I add my two pair to that game um, but we've got plenty of other things to talk about Dave haven't we we don't need to dwell we can look forward can't we we can we've got lots to go through we have lots to go through. So before we get going, Dave, um, we have got a quiz question that we need to give our listeners an answer to. And you asked us, which was before the Leeds game for last preview show, Burnley's Premier League game against Wolves was the Clarets' 120th top flight game to be played at Turf Moor since our promotion to the Premier League in 2009. But we would like to know how many times in those 120 games Burnley have kicked towards the cricket field stand in the second half. This was a stinger, Dave. This was a cruel one. You had your Ebenezer hat on when you did this. Why don't you tell us what the answer was? 
Uh, well, it was definitely less than 61, which was your first guess when we uh, recorded the uh, preview show. <laughs> um, I think most Burnley fans would have some sort of recollection of Burnley. <laughs> when we can actually remember going to games, it's been that long, hasn't it? But yes, we do tend, if we win the toss, we pretty much always kick towards the cricket field stand in the first half and then towards the BL end in the second half. Sometimes the uh, opposition will switch things around, although having said that, with their fans being in that end, they probably prefer it to be that way around as well and kicking towards their fans in the second half. So consequently, the number of times it's happened is actually reasonably small, certainly in recent times. So in those 120 games, the correct answer was just eight, just eight times in those 120 Premier League games since 2009 that we've kicked towards the cricket field stand in the second half. Excellent. Now, in my defence, I did misunderstand your question and I did go low when I realised that I got them the wrong way around. So, but obviously 21, which was my proper guess where things have gone wrong, uh, was still massively wrong. So did we get any, did we get anybody close to eight? Did we get any right answers actually? We, no, no one got it spot on. Uh, we had Tom, Tom who was on with us on the show, he'd guessed 10, so he was very close. Um, uh, but that wasn't the closest one we had. Uh, you'll never guess who, who got nine and was our closest one. Oh God, go on. John Robertson again. Of course it was. Of course it was John Robertson. Because that guy uses Google. I want to joke. Well, he knows I, I love to wind him up. I think he, he would have struggled finding that on uh, Google, to be fair, because uh, it's not anywhere on, on Google. Um, but, uh, How many yeah. did he get? What did he get? He said nine. He said nine. So, oh, wow, uh, that was really close. Nine was a pretty good guess. I mean, it's, it's not happened at all yet during 2020 for a Premier League game, although we did kick that way for our Carabao Cup game against Sheffield United at the start of the season. So the last time it happened for a Premier League game was against West Ham United, a game we won in November 2019. So we've gone mm-hmm. over 12 months without um, kicking the wrong way, as we'd, uh, we'd like to say. Excellent. Uh, Well, we are obviously going to give another quiz question at the end of the show. So do stay tuned um, and listen out for what Perla, young Mr. Roberts, is going to give us for our homework this week. Opposition stats. So let's get moving then. Let's have a look at the next game for the Mighty Clarets. And we are, of course, at home to Sheffield United, Tuesday the 29th of December. Now, this one is live on Amazon Prime. And Dave did remind me before we started recording this week, um, we are not an affiliate of Amazon and we get no um, monetary um, remuneration for telling you this. But just a reminder, for any Clarets who don't have an Amazon Prime subscription, they do offer a 30-day trial period. So if you do want to try and sneak in there and watch the, the Clarets game live, you can do that for free just do make sure you remember to cancel it in the 30-day period if you're going to do that and don't don't bind yourself in so well remember Dave there is an option there for people to watch the game for free if they uh, if they want to um so but let's have a look at the opposition Dave why don't you get straight in there and tell us all about the recent history of this fixture including last season's meeting yeah, well, Burnley have played Sheffield United at Turf Moor just three times since 2009-10, and we remain unbeaten in those three games. Uh, as you know, we beat the Blades at Wembley in May 2009, and so the only times our paths have crossed at Turf Moor since then were back in the Championship in the 2010-2011 season, which we'll come back to in more detail a little bit later on in one of our other sections, uh, and then again twice during the last 12 months. Uh, Those very recent games were a 1-1 draw in the Premier League. That's as recent as July, uh, where Sheffield United came from behind to earn a point. And then also we played them in the Carabao Cup game in September. Uh, That game also finished 1-1. 
So in terms of the record books, it's still classified as a draw, even though Burnley went through to the next round on penalties. Excellent. And what about Burnley's last top flight win then, please? Uh, We've got to go all the way back to 1976 for our last last top-flight home win over Sheffield United, but that's only because uh, their only top-flight visit to Turf Moor since then was last season's 1-1 draw. Uh, Back in 1976, on the 24th of February, Burnley were 3-1 winners. Uh, The Blades actually took the lead through Chris Guthrie. That was late in the first half, but there was still time for Ray Hankin to equalise with a header just before the break. Second-half goals from Derek Scott with a diving header and a well-taken shot from Brian Flynn sealed the victory for the Clarets. Excellent. Highlights and lowlights. So looking at the highlights and the lowlights then, Dave, why don't you kick us off with what you've chosen for our highlight? Uh, Well, for this week's highlight, we selected a festive fixture, uh, one that took place on New Year's Day 2011. Uh, Burnley were managerless after the departure of Brian Laws, so it was Stuart Gray who was in caretaker charge for this match. Uh, Mark Yates gave the Blades an early lead, but Chris Eagles levelled the score with a shot from 30 yards after half an hour. With everyone expecting the teams to go in level at half-time, Burnley scored not once, but twice just before the break, as firstly Chris Awellamo and then Jay Rodriguez netted to give the Clarets a 3-1 lead at half-time. Those two quick-fire goals before half-time resulted in new Blades manager Mickey Adams replacing his goalkeeper Richard Wright during the interval. Shortly after the break... Ched Evans pulled a goal back with a penalty after he'd been brought down by Michael Duff and it stayed that way until five minutes before the end when substitute Stevie Thompson scored past substitute goalkeeper Steve Simonson to complete the 4-2 win. Excellent. What a game. Um, Not wanting to bring the mood down at all, Dave, but we do have to actually mention the flip side of this and what what have you picked, sorry, for the low light? Uh, Well, there haven't been too many Sheffield United wins at Turf Moor, but one that stands out as being a disappointment was the FA Cup third round replay in January 1993. Um, Although the Blades were playing in the first ever Premier League season, they were a a top flight team back then, and Burnley had only just been promoted to League Division 2, which was the third tier and two divisions below United, there was more than a hint of disappointment that the Clarets didn't overcome their higher ranked opponents. Following a draw, 2-2 at Bramall Lane, after we'd been two up and conceded twice in the last 10 minutes, Burnley took the lead again in the replay with a goal from Adrian Heath. But a trio of headed goals from Brian Dean handed the momentum to the Blades, who went on to win 4-2, leaving us all to wonder what might have been. Indeed, it might have been. Heroes and Villains! Um, next section then, heroes and villains section. I like this section. Some of my favourites. Who's who's got the nod for our hero? Uh, well, our hero this week's a Burnley striker. He scored the only goal in a one-nil home win over Sheffield United in the two thousand eight two thousand nine season. Uh, that season, Burnley made it into the playoffs and eventually defeated Sheffield United again in the playoff final at Wembley. Uh, but the final was the third time we'd beaten the Blades during that season. Uh, the home game against Sheffield United was late on in the season during April. Uh, Reese Williams crossed from the right to this week's hero, and that's Martin Patterson, who headed the ball beyond the reach of Paddy Kenny to score the only goal of the game halfway through the first half. So our hero for this week is Martin Patterson. Pato, Pato, and who's the villain? Do, do, do. I still need to get some scary voice for this. Who's our villain? Uh, well, if I, sus- I suspect that if we were to run a poll among Burnley fans to discover the biggest villain from past games involving Sheffield United, I think our choice would probably be right up there. 
in all honesty, we could have picked him for the home or the away game just based on reputation alone. We've decided to choose former Blades manager Neil Warnock as this week's villain. That's, Oof, ma- that's mainly, be- <laughs> mainly because I've got someone else specific in mind when we play the reverse fixture. And if, if the Burnley fans' dislike for the man known as Colin seems extreme, it pales into insignificance compared to the disdain that former Burnley manager Stan Turnant had for his occasional opposite number, who always seemed to have run-ins over the years. Such was the ongoing war of words with the one-time Sheffield United manager that Stan's programme notes for a match in 2003 offered a very warm welcome to the players, chairman, directors and supporters. A list which, uh, as you can see, omitted the manager. Uh, So I don't think anyone would argue that Neil Warnock is fully deserving of his status as this week's villain. Excellent. I do love it. I'm very intrigued as to who you've picked for the return fixture. I'm very excited by that, uh, which, of course, I will have completely forgotten by the time I get to that one. But I, you will. I, I, I shall look forward. You can remind me pre-recording. It's the one to watch. Um, and my least favourite section, but one that you seem to be persisting with anyway, even though, again, the jinx arrived this week. <sighs> yeah. You picked Patrick Bamford, didn't you? you no, I didn't. I didn't pick him, though. No. Oh, did you not? Who did I you pick? I went for uh, Click. Ah, of course. Mm. Okay, I'll let you off then. My apologies for some reason. I think I was because I fully expected you to pick Bamford just to wind me up. So <laughs> clearly, I <laughs> you thought it would be funny. If you picked as the one to watch, please, David. Uh, our one to watch for Sheffield United is Burnley-born midfielder Oliver Norwood. Uh, the 29-year-old started his career at Manchester United as a youngster, but didn't make it to the first team following several spells out on loan in the lower leagues. He rejected a contract offer to move to Huddersfield Town in 2012, and has since played for Reading and Brighton and a productive loan spell with Fulham, before joining Sheffield United on loan in August 2018, a move which was made permanent in January 2019. He was an important player in their promotion in the 2018-19 season, and did well for the Blades' last campaign in the Premier League as they finished a very creditable ninth place. Uh, this season, however, has been a struggle for the South Yorkshire side, picking up just two points in their first 15 games. Oliver Norwood has been in and out of the side, making nine Premier League appearances so far this season, although four of those, including their home defeat to Everton on Boxing Day, were from the bench. However, being local, he would certainly have a point to prove if he's able to play a part in this match at Turf Moor, which is why we've chosen him as our one to watch. Excellent. Um, do we have an opposition this week? Oh, no, we don't. I am skipping a section. Do you know why? Because quite clearly my least favourite topic to talk about this particular <laughs> show, given the time that we are recording. Which clown are we going to have in the middle this week, Dave? Who's our referee? Uh, we've got Chris Kavanagh of Manchester. He'll be in charge at Turf Moor for the visit of Sheffield United. Uh, he's taken charge of nine previous Burnley games, eight of which have been in the Premier League, with one at Championship level. Uh, that was our 3-1 win at Brentford in the 2015-16 season. Uh, our overall record in these nine matches is 1-3, drawn four and lost two, so not too bad. Um, he's had the whistle for two of our games last season. Uh, they were both at Turf Moor as well. Uh, they were the 3-0 defeat to Liverpool in August 2019 and also the 0-0 draw with Arsenal back in February. 
Uh, the only red card he's shown in past games involving Burnley was for Everton's Ashley Williams in March 2018. That was another game at uh, Turf Moor. Um, and the cushy job of sitting in a warm studio at Stockley Park has been given to Peter Banks, who will be the video assistant referee in charge of the technology for this match, or not, as the case may be. Yes, let's see if they can do an even more incompetent job as the officials did in that Leeds game. But uh, yes, more of that to follow on the analysis show. Thank you. I shall not. I'm going to still. I refuse to talk about it. I'm still too angry, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to soil this wonderful preview show by talk of that day. That's why. Statman Dave's stat of the week. Um, and I know you're not going to leave it there either, because I know you like to spoil our listeners. And it's Christmas anyway, so we're all feeling festive and jolly and full of mince pies and too much sherry. Um, so why don't you delve into the bumper Christmas sack of Dave Statman Roberts' stats and give us your miscellaneous stat of the week. That was a mouthful. Oh, well, our, our stat of the week isn't a festive-related one, but it is a Sheffield United-related one. Ooh, um, okay. Burnley's best ever start to a top-flight season came thanks to a 4-0 opening day home win over Sheffield United. That was back in 1966 and was the return of English domestic football following the national team's win at Wembley against West Germany in the World Cup final. The Turf Moor crowd watched a goalless first half, but a Gordon Harris hat-trick and another goal from Willie Irvin in the second half give the Clarets a, four, a convincing 4-0 win. Gordon Harris completed his hat-trick in the 85th minute with his third goal and Burnley's fourth from the penalty spot, following a foul on Andy Lockhead. That is a good stat. Does Andy Lockhead still do ground tours? No, I don't think so. No, I think no. Um, well, before Dave and I have a quick think about what our views are of this particular fixture, we did get an opposition view for you this week. We spoke to Ben Meakin from The Blades Pod to give us his thoughts ahead of the game. Opposition view. Hello, my name is Ben. I am a Sheffield United fan. I'm the host of Blades Pod, the Sheffield United podcast. Um uh, the season so far for the Blades is not going particularly well, as you've probably noticed. Uh, and uh, yeah, it looks, to be honest, we are in such a hole that we, uh, I think I can speak for a large number of Blades fans are saying that we're just not getting out of this. This is, um, you know, the game is up this season. We are going to get relegated. And really, it's kind of about uh, rediscovering a bit of form, a bit of pride, <laughs> trying to not to get relegated with a record low points total. And uh, and see where that takes us into next season, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of all gone horribly wrong from us, more or less from the moment that uh, we didn't have any fans in the stadium. Uh, our form since then has dropped off a cliff, but a couple of other reasons: um, missing Jack O'Connell from defence is such a huge blow to us. I don't think any of our signings have really hit the ground running or anything like that. Everyone else has kind of taken a step backwards as well. Losing almost every game by a single goal is quite extraordinary and and very frustrating, but. Ultimately, we don't possess much of a goal threat. So, you know, these one goal defeats that we're having could really have been, I think, a couple more goals for the opposition if they uh, if they felt minded to do so, I suppose. Um, in terms of our danger men, I mean, it's very hard to say based on what we've seen so far this season. David McGoldrick is one of the few players who's kind of, um, I would say, performed above expectation. I think you can genuinely only say that about three or four players this season. So look out for him. We're hoping that um, he'll start being played as a number 10 behind two strikers. Uh, we went with a front three in our last game against Everton uh, with him on the right. So it's sort of a step towards that, but not quite there. But he is one of our um, 
I guess, few technically skilled players and also one that actually looks confident in front of goal as well. He's uh, by far our leading scorer so far this season. Um, I would say other than that, we'll probably see the same, pretty much the same team as you saw against Everton. So um, a three-man defence where we're trying to plug this O'Connell-shaped gap, as I said, uh, two wing backs and then uh, two central midfielders with um, uh, with that front three uh, playing again, I hope. Although Oliver Burke is injured by the sounds of things. So um, yeah, we'll see who else plays in attack. Um, unfortunately, as I say, we don't score many. We uh, pretty much lose every single game and it's always by a single goal. So uh, Burnley themselves, not particularly high scorers, but um, I would put a significant sum of money if I was a gambling man on a 1-0 win for the home team in this one. So, um, yeah, enjoy your three points, basically, and uh, hopefully we'll be playing you again in a couple of seasons' time in the Premier League. Excellent stuff. Well, hopefully I can get through the second half of the show without, for some reason, tripping over my words, young Dave. I think... uh, I think the Christmas Day jollies are still uh, plaguing me this week. I seem to be all over the place this preview show. Um, Taking aside today's very disappointing loss, we've got two very important fixtures coming up at home now and ones that really will define where we finish towards the end of the season. So how are you feeling about the game? Surely you've got to be feeling confident. Um, yeah, I think we've got to be careful that we don't sort of go too far over the top and uh, get expectations too high. But I think they are, certainly in terms of the the games around this time and the ones coming up afterwards, they are ones we're going to need to get some uh, some results from. And I think the way we have been playing, I mean, we, we don't want to dwell too much on the uh, lead result, but I think the uh, performance, particularly in the second half, we showed... Um, uh, what we're capable of, and I think we uh, worse sides are going to go uh, and struggle a lot more. I think the fact we're playing at, at, at home as well, no, we've not got the crowds there, sadly, and there's going to be no one there to see it, but I think it does still make a little bit of a difference. Um, I think that Sheffield United are a team that are going to be tricky to break down, but I think their confidence has ebbed quite a bit. I'm not sure what's happened with them because they had such a good season last uh, time around. And they've kind of flipped. It's almost like they've changed places with Aston Villa, isn't it? After Aston Villa struggled and just stayed up and Sheffield United did really well. And then this season, it's been totally mm. the other way around for those two. Um, and, you know, they, they can't get a win from uh, from anywhere. Now, as I say, we've got to be a little bit careful because we have had times in the past where Burnley, uh, a side who perhaps under that circumstance you would you'd probably want to play because we have sort of slipped up. It's been a banana skin for Burnley playing that sort of side. So I think if we if we concentrate and play um, the way we have been doing, keep it tight um, as we have been doing, then I think we uh, we can win the game. I think scoring first, going early on, if we can get a goal in the first half, that'll be a, a bonus. I think they, they would struggle then to come back from that. Um, so it's a case of uh, definitely keeping our concentration. And I'm, I'm going to predict a win. I think we're going to beat Sheffield United. I'm going to beat yeah. them 2-0. Well, I'm, I'm kind of glad you finished the, that summary with, with a win. I'm starting to get a little bit worried there, Dave, because I think I don't agree that I, I think we should be keeping expectations low. I think the expe- expectation from this game at an absolute minimum must be a win. This is Sheffield United who've got six have got two points from 15 games this season and are rooted firmly to the bottom of the of the Premier League and in danger of beating Derby's record. If we are going into this game not having expectations as a as a win and a convincing win as an absolute minimum, then I'm, I question what we're doing, to be honest. You know, this is a game where we should be getting away with ourselves and we should be saying with our experience and our players, even if we do start the game again without the three wingers that we were missing today, I still think 
that we should be winning this game. So I'm, I agree with you. I think we, I'm going to predict a win as well. I'm going to predict a comfortable win, but I, I will happily get carried away with expectations for this game because I think there has to be. Um, if there was one fixture in this entire division that will that we should be getting three points from, it's this one. So um, slightly different approach, but same conclusion there, I think. Um, but I tend to be a bit more. I know Dave likes to be a bit cautious, but I, this is not a game where I would advocate any caution whatsoever. I think it, that this is a this is a must win game. We have to win this game. It's as simple as that. If we have any aspirations to stay in the Premier League we have to win this game um what do you think listeners do you think this is an easy win do you think this is a uncomfortable win what do you think the score prediction will be you know how to get in touch you can either tweet us at none and ever or you can email us at oh Dave I haven't done it I haven't set you up that email address you can email us at podcast at net. damn it um I really should have done that that uh what's it called email address for the, for, for the previous show but do get in touch let us know what you think the score prediction will be fantasy premier league update okay and then we move on to the second half of the show which is the slightly cobbled together non and ever fantasy premier league segment which we are struggling to get a bit of consistency at the moment i think uh, last week we also recorded in the middle of a game week and we're doing the same again this week we're in the middle of current game week 15 so we can't give you a full premier league update but we can do bits that we were missing last week and then next previous show we'll do the bits we were missing this previous show, etc, etc. Um, now, hopefully, once we've got all the festive matches out of the way, including the game against Fulham next weekend, then we will be able to, to get back to some sort of normality for this part of the show. Um, but, Dave, I think just before we recorded the Leeds preview, we, we, we didn't get to do the Kings of Game Week because that hadn't been put up yet. So I think you did manage to, to get hold of that information. I think you can update the listeners, can't you? Yeah, we can go back and get that information. I think we, we, we did actually have it, but I hadn't prepared it for the uh, show. Oh, okay. We had other things we, we were doing instead because we weren't sure exactly when we were recording. But we do have that uh, team, the uh, 11 players for uh, for game week uh, 14, as it was. Um, it was a very high-scoring week. If you'd have picked the 11 best players, uh, you could have earned an impressive 151 points if you had all 11 wow. players. Um, so we'll just run through those um, 11. Uh, we've got a formation of a uh, goalkeeper, three defenders, five midfielders and two strikers. Uh, in goal, we had uh, Kasper Schmeichel. Uh, three defenders were Thiago Silva, uh, Mina of Everton and Fofana of Leicester. Uh, we had a midfield with a couple of Manchester United players in there, McTominay and Fernandez. Uh, we also had uh, two Villa players, El Ghazi and Traore, and also uh, Mo Salah of Liverpool. And up front, we had Liverpool's Firmino and Chelsea's Tammy Abraham. So that was the 11 players. And Scott McTominay of Manchester United, with 18 points, uh, was the high-scoring player out of all of those 11. And I know we haven't done the uh, the values of those, but I think, again, although there were some, there would have been some very high-value players in there, the likes of uh, certainly Salah and Fernandez. Um, I think with the other mix of players in there, we could have easily got mm. that if you'd have uh, had the hindsight to to know about those eleven players. But that's the uh, oh, that's the challenge, isn't it, with uh, FPL? We need a sports almanac. That's what we need for those of you who know. <laughs> and a time machine. And a well, you know, details, Dave. Details. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure that the none and ever budget can splash to any of those. But you know, if only Dave, we had a time machine and the sports almanac. Is that almanac? Almanac. Thank you. I'm not very good at pronouncing it, but there you go. That's what we need. Uh, we would have got, so it would have certainly got me off the bottom places of the uh, 
fantasy league. Um, but do keep going, guys. Um, managers, we do obviously want to know how you're getting along, and we are keeping a very close eye to see who we're going to crown as this season's winner. Um, again, we mentioned it last week. For those of you who haven't yet uh, managed to download and read uh, reigning champion Bennett Howarth's segment on the, the preview show, he did give a, a recap of some really good, um, what's the word I'm looking for, tips, hints and tips for this international no, it's not international. It's winter break. Is that right, Dave? It's, it's the double. Well, there's a double game week coming up, and also I think it's changed a little bit since Bennett took us through because they've now changed the week when the um, Carabao Cup final's taking place, ah. which has a knock-on effect on fixtures. So it's all kind of trying to look ahead uh, and trying to save your chips for your um, uh, triple captain for your. Um, uh, when you want to change your whole team, you can you can do all these things to 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 try and improve sure. your points. Um, but it's it's the timing of it which is the thing, and it's trying to keep an eye on it uh, and trying to do it at the right time. Absolutely, yeah. No, Easier said that. than done. Yeah, quite. Yes, as I've proved many a time. Um, excellent. So uh, yeah, so keep going, Premier League managers, and we look forward to see how you get along. Statman Dave's quiz question. And then finally, Dave, let's round out this week's show with another quiz question. What have you set up, listeners, for this week, please, Dave? Well, this one is festive related. Um, This week's quiz question relates to matches played on New Year's Day. Um, Burnley don't have a match on New Year's Day 2021, but uh, Burnley beat Sheffield United on New Year's Day 2011. But can you name the other two teams the Clarets have beaten on matches which have taken place on January the 1st since 2011? I've got two guesses. I don't know if they're right. You can so tell I'm me ask afterwards. Yes. Ask Dave when we come off air and see if I get them right. Um, how do our listeners submit their answers then, please, more importantly? Uh, well, they can tweet us or send us a direct message, preferably, so no one sees your answer. On Twitter, that's at never. Email us podcast at net, or you can also reply to the post uh, for this preview show on the No Nay Never Facebook page or the one that goes up on uh, YouTube because we post these uh, podcasts up on YouTube now as well and you can leave comments on there. Excellent. Um, and we will, of course, reveal the correct answer at the start of the next preview show. Um, start? Yes, start of the next preview show. And that's all we've got time for for this week. A nice short edition to, to ease us gently back into the the football fixtures after today's game. Um, my thanks as ever go to Ben Meakin from the Blades Pod for his opposition view, to Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements, to producer Matt for knitting all of this together, um, especially considering the absolute bleep show that I made of the introduction, which was probably why I was giggling so much when I was trying to start the show this week. So sorry about that, Matt. Um, but finally, my thanks to Statman Dave, Dave Roberts, for just the sheer amount of work he puts into the preview show and without him we wouldn't be able to get this broadcast to you so thank you Dave you work phenomenally hard and it's very much appreciated and final thanks to you the listeners for downloading and listening to the preview show your support is very much appreciated we would not be here without you we wish you all um, a continued Christmas wishes here from None and Ever HQ. We hope that you are managing to have a break to see loved ones, um, that the struggles in Tier 3 are not, or wherever you may be in the country, are not too severe. If anybody is struggling or feeling particularly lonely or isolated at this time of year and with the current lockdowns, please do get in touch. The None and Ever lines are always open and you'll always find a friendly ear here, so please do reach out if you need to. Um, in the meantime, stay safe. We will be back um, at some point next week with an analysis show of 
probably Leeds and Sheffield United together. And Dave and I will be back next Friday previewing the Fulham show. So we will see you then. This has been the preview show brought to you by the None and Never podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.